part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brandon and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. Plenty of room. We're missing a cutie dinosaur today, Carl. Tiny little dinosaurs, really tiny, tiny, like Carl. half an inch. Carl, speak to me. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Your microphone was off. Mic was off. Good grief. Uh, so, and how many how many cashews did it take to sleep last night? Oh, I actually didn't eat any cashews last night because we ate um, Sonic. Which is a fast a food restaurant oh. food uh, right before bed. Like we ate late, and so I, I think my sugar was pretty high when I went to bed, which was good. Yeah, because we were talking to Carl last week, was it about, or was it the week before? Yeah. I can't remember. Last about week about your repeated issues with insomnia, yeah, anxiety, and, and anxiety. insomnia. Yeah, yeah. And so you discovered. I discovered that um, that you need calories, that you need to eat food. I discovered to that feel good. Jesus is the bread of life, <laughs> and also that's not that is, is important for life. Uh huh. You need to eat some calories, which You'll is get the same. Really thing. sad if you don't eat enough calories, and if you're like, if you're not eating frequently enough, because like I I tend to eat pretty much all day. Like I I snack. All the time. Do you? But I don't really eat a lot in one sitting. Usually. Right. You'll get out. You'll get out the hummus and have a few chips and some hummus. Right. And then. Right. And then like an hour later, I'll have, you know, a handful of nuts or, right. you know, an hour after that, I'll eat a couple bites of, of salsa with some, yeah, tortilla chips or something. So right. I just, I like that. And I've always done that. I prefer to eat all day long instead of having to cook and make big meals and that's fine until it's like middle of the night and you haven't eaten anything for, you know, four, four hours. hours or six hours. And your body's like, hey, isn't it hummus time? Isn't like, it time for hummus and <laughs> salsa? Don't you usually feed us like, I don't know, 150, 200 like calories every, every hour? Every 60 minutes, don't yeah. we eat something? <laughs> you haven't eaten in like four 60 it's been, minutes. It's been 240 minutes. <laughs> Since so, we last had some hummus. Emergency, emergency. <laughs> the up. house is on fire. Wake up, wake up and stay awake for hours. Wake up and contemplate your very existence. <laughs> wake up and have an existential crisis. <laughs> That's exactly it. Wake up and question everything. <laughs> wake up and doubt that there's purpose in the universe. So the guy I talked to... Uh, the doctor I talked to a couple of weeks ago said, according to my blood work, he said it wasn't my thyroid, which we told Carl that. And I was like, dang it. Dang, I wish it was my thyroid. But he said, you know, it, it looks like the markers are saying that you're chronically hypoglycemic. And I said, I have a glucometer. I have the ability to test my blood sugar. Why do you have a glucometer? Because when Colin was born and I suffered from postpartum depression then, I thought to myself, got one. I, this might be a blood sugar thing. And so I tested, but the problem was I've never caught an episode of low blood sugar ever. 
It's always been right where it's supposed to be. Always really, really like healthy. Like, what's your, what's your uh, blood sugar normally? What's the number? Normally, like, right before I eat, it's in the 90s. Right. And then right after I eat, it's in the 120s, 130s. Okay, that's about what it's supposed to be. I know. I know, because my mother's diabetic, and my grandfather was diabetic, and I know a lot of other diabetics. So your I blood sugar is supposed to be, to be about 90. Right, but not what eating. it's not supposed to do is drop below that while you're asleep. Correct. And so the issue is during the day, like I said, I eat all the time. And so my blood sugar is always pretty stable. But then at night, if I fast, it Which tanks. you do because it's you haven't mastered eating while unconscious. Not yet. Not yet. But even, even then, like I would wake up in the middle of the night shaky. And it wasn't because my blood sugar was low. I was shaking because of the adrenaline rush, which is your body's defense against low blood sugar. And so I, by the time I would wake up and test my blood sugar, it would be in the normal range again. But it's because I think it was dropping before I woke up. And then my body woke me and up. And then you woke up and had an existential crisis. And, had, and was like, well, apparently it's not hypoglycemia, so it <laughs> must be because I'm going to hell or something. It I must don't be know. Because, because all is not right and there's no meaning in yeah. my life. And it must be it. Maybe there's no God, too. Yeah, it's just so bizarre. And like, and it, even now, I can't even believe just how big of a difference it makes when you're when you eat like how quickly things can turn around i don't know it'd be like if you were an alien from another planet and you came to this one and it's like wow you mean the sun comes up every single every day, day? it's like yeah isn't that crazy and then the other day it was raining and i said the same thing to luke i was like you know water comes out of the sky it just falls right out of the sky isn't that weird and that's how i feel about blood sugar right now like you know that just putting stuff in your stomach within minutes makes you feel can better change your whole life did you know that? <laughs> what did Luke say? He's just, he agrees because he's been going through this with me. You know, he's, he's been trying to solve the mystery too. And it's like, I can't believe it's that simple. And it's not, it's not totally that simple. Well, you know? you're, when you think about, I was thinking about this the other day was as I was leaving this house actually on Sunday and it was raining a little bit and the kids were, uh, outside and they were saying do you need an umbrella and i said no i don't need an umbrella i'll be okay i'm not gonna melt in the right. rain and i was thinking about that it's like that's kind of amazing that we don't melt I don't in the melt rain when yeah. i go out in the rain yeah and you think about all of the chemistry that takes place in our bodies so simultaneously much. and i can tell you that i know more about the chemistry than probably most other people just after the last few weeks trying to figure out like okay so why you're going crazy so okay so insomnia can be a result of you know dozens of different things and here's how the adrenal glands work and here's how uh -huh. you know the the endocrine system works it's amazing that it works it yeah it really I mean, is. it's amazing that it's amazing that any one cell in your body works right. that's that's a miracle let alone that there's trillions of them all working in tandem correct and you can do stuff like throwing throwing food into your system is just a radical change in chemistry right. it's, it's just it just throws all of these different elements and chemicals into oh, your I system know. and your system keeps working your i system know processes them because there are people who are like well i went gluten-free and then i felt amazing and then others are like i cut out dairy and then everything was better and right. others are like well i have you know, a brain issue. I have a psychological issue. So I went for counseling and I learned, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy techniques. And so then I was and able to, to, to think or reroute my thinking. And so honestly, like I, I do think that all of those things 
have come into play at different times probably in my own life. But the bottom line for me is just I can't I can't figure it all out. Like I can't understand every cell that's going on in my own body no, right. at all moments. Like right. I can't. Well, you nobody can, but that my point is that you know, like you, you get in the shower or or swimming. I had this thought. I, I've had this thought for quite a while over the years. That when you swim, you immerse your entire body mm-hmm. in water, which right. is a chemical, right? And and you don't dissolve, and it doesn't it doesn't throw right. you into. Oh, that's the other upheaval. thing. Like I've been exercising, and that's supposed to be really good for mental health, right? And and for relaxation, you exercise, and you're supposed to sleep really well at night. Mm-hmm. And I was having the worst nights after tracking it for several weeks. I realized that the nights we would go to the gym were the nights that I had the most anxiety. I was the worst off. <laughs> well, what do you know? It turns out I was burning calories. Burning and more calories. That tends to cause them. hypoglycemic episodes in the middle of the night. Nighttime hypoglycemia if you've done a hard workout. So we're feeling, we're feeling better this week than we did last week because there's – Possibly we have a an answer. Some to sort some of things. solution, perhaps. But pa- but like perhaps. I was saying, it's not that And the solution, simple. Carl, is cashews. I have you cashews wake up, by my bed now. You have a few cashews when you feel bad. Truth then, be told, that's not a long term solution. Because it's really hard to force feed cashews in the middle of the night. Like chomping well, eat something on those. else. Eat yeah. some peanuts. Yeah, no, actually cheese. It's soft and it's Full of protein and, and it's delicious. And so that's, but I need a fridge because I don't want to eat warm, warm cheese, cheese. <laughs> at like four in the morning. And so I asked my husband if he'll get me a mini fridge for my hypoglycemia. I'm gonna have like two cheese sticks and a little little bottle of milk in there, and that's gonna be my. She's game always plan. been a cheese person, by the way, Carl. <laughs> cheese is like. To, to have to wake up in the middle of the night and eat cheese is really not much it's, of a sacrifice. The tr- I don't feel hungry. That's the other thing. Like, if I was waking up hungry... <laughs> I don't want to eat I would, warm cheese. If I was waking up hungry, it would have been easy. It's like, oh, I woke up, I was hungry, I ate. But it's but it's anxiety, in which that has always caused me to lose my appetite. Like, when I feel bad, my body's like... So you're not hungry, but, yeah. you, but you know you have to eat because your body hasn't had calories for... Yes. And, and your chemistry that is That is what has taken haywire. so long for me to narrow it down to this because I wake up and occasionally my stomach is gurgling, but I can't really tell the difference if it's just upset or nauseous versus hungry mm-hmm. because I'm not like psychologically, mentally hungry. And that's what's been so difficult. That's the difficult piece of the puzzle. So it's, as much as I like cheese and as much as I would prefer to eat the cheese to crunching on the cashews... Neither one are really like appealing in the morning. I want to sleep. All I want to do is sleep at four o'clock in the morning. I don't want to eat, but right. if I have to, I have if to. If I have to, I might as well get a mini fridge in the bedroom. I might as well put a little mini fridge in there. And fill it up with dairy products. Put cheese in there. What about I also yogurt? Have some, How do you feel about yogurt? Um, that's... It depends on the kind. I don't like Greek yogurt very much, but I could eat it. See, that's interesting to me because I I can take either kind of yogurt, but I actually like Greek yogurt. I actually like it a little better. Greek yogurt, yeah, if it's, it's not flavored, it like have you had plain Greek yogurt? Who eats unflavored yogurt? That's ever? What the best kind for you. They say if you eat it, the sugary kind that you actually like, that all the nutritious value is like offset by the insane amount of sugar by the calories in the sugar because the probiotics can't live in an environment of too much something i don't know too much 
yumminess. They yeah. can't. They, they can't live in an environment of too much flavor. Plain Greek yogurt is straight up sour cream. It just tastes like sour cream. Yeah, that's. I don't care for shower, for sour. Cream. That's what I'm saying. I don't like it, but I would tolerate it. And I also have some sunflower seeds, which are easier to eat than the giant cashews. So. Uh yes. So that's been I what like I've sunflower. done. And I also have some crackers. I used. I like yogurt too, but not the kind that's good for me. Apparently. And I have some pretzel, a little bit of pretzels. And just none of them sound good when I have to be woken up in the middle of the night. Right. But How about right now? Would you like some hummus right now? Yeah, because it's been like 60 <laughs> minutes since I ate something. We started a podcast without filling you up with a few uh, chips. Yeah, I have. I'll, I'll eat something. If you start to ramble nonsense in about 10 or 15 minutes, my, I'll tell you we'll what, what is. the problem is. If I start sweating and my heart starts palpitating, <laughs> that's when I'll be like, hang on a second. Hold on, Carl. I got to go get a, a cup of yogurt. Yeah. And and ironically, this is how I know my sugar's not low because I'm hungry. Like if, if I, if I right. were to eat right now, I'd feel fine. But if I started to need to eat, that's when my appetite starts going away. And I'm just like, oh. Uh, I don't want to eat. I feel bad. I hate food. Get that food away from me. That's when you should especially be like, no, we insist. <laughs> eat this food. You grouch. You grouch. It's not, I'm not even really grouchy. You basket case. That's a good yeah, you just get you just get really quiet and yeah. and no fun. Yep. It's like when we're not, when you're not any fun, that's when we need to force feed you. When I'm spacey and mm-hmm. have, look kind of like I see a, a semi coming at me, if I look like that. No, you just look, you just look forlorn. <laughs> you just look kind of, kind of hopeless. Yeah. So anyway, all that to say, <laughs> it's not, it's not strictly blood sugar anyway. Like every, because humans are spiritual creatures and because they are you know minds as well as souls as well as bodies the fact that i was waking up and panicking and doubting my very faith is uh-huh. significant on in the spiritual realm and so i want to admit that i want to confess that to carl and and say that as much as we laugh about how cashews have saved my life uh-huh. i am aware that actually jesus <laughs> that saves god, my life <laughs> that god was working behind the scenes right that god gave me my cashew list last few months and for perhaps a Perhaps you learned what you needed to learn, and that's why that's why he told you that you can eat cashews. And that's why he said, here, just eat these cashews tonight, even yeah. though I was literally arguing with both him and myself, like, this is stupid. I'm not hungry. There's no way this is going to work. And as I'm doing that, like, <laughs> You're drifting off drowsy. to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way this is going to work. All right. No, honestly, four hours later, she snaps awake. My conversation was... Uh, was with about uh, God and about my husband and about my doctor because I realized I don't trust very many people. It's not just God that I don't trust. I don't trust everybody. <laughs> I don't trust humans. I don't trust myself. Yeah, if you don't trust God, then there's it's there's pretty nothing else. Pretty safe bet that you're not going to trust people. Right. And so that was one of the things I was like, man, I need yeah. to get. I need to start, you know, humbling myself or allowing myself to be humbled by this so that I can learn from other people again instead of trying to be an island out here. And so that was my thought as I was eating the cashews. I was like, okay, Luke and I agreed that this would be what I would do. If I was woken up with a panic attack, I'd eat some cashews. And and my doctor seems to think it's hypoglycemia, even though I tried to tell him I'm not hungry. Do you have a prescription for those cashews? No. I, I Actually, my doctor's like a holistic like chiropractor kind of guy. Okay, like a witch doctor. Right. He, can't, he doesn't even have prescription... Uh, Hats. What do you call it? He doesn't even have pens. Powers. 
He doesn't even have pens in his office. He so doesn't have the ability. Like he's not right. legally no allowed pens. to write any <laughs> prescriptions. So that's the kind of doctor I'm seeing. And so old me would be like, yeah, he's a total quack. And so I'm not going to listen to him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Pay attention to his voodoo. But I thought, okay, I'm submitting. I'm going to submit to my husband and to this doctor for whatever expertise he's got that I don't have. I'm going to submit to his authority. I don't see that it's going to work. I'm submitting to God because... Earlier today, I had agreed to this plan, and so I'm going to, you know, be a, a woman of my word, even though at this precise moment, this seems like the least plausible solution to this problem. You were not confident that it was going to work. No, I was confident it was not going you to work. You were confident yeah. that it was going to fail. Yeah. I was like, this too much. Like, I am too stressed out. This is too, I'm too wide awake right now. I'm t And plus... <laughs> My blood sugar is going to be fine. If I were to test my blood sugar because of the adrenaline, it would be in the normal range, probably even a little high. So why would I eat more food on top of that? Right. Well. Well, and then she fell asleep. Well, as I was saying that. Uh, she fell asleep. I fell asleep. So. That's all she remembers. So that's that. But yeah, it's been, it's still been a wild ride. And everything we said last week about the difficulty of this whole season, because it's not just been me, not just been my own physical symptoms but a lot of people that mm -hmm. we know have been kind of struggling with this combination of physical and also spiritual emotional upheaval a lot of our peeps so that still applies and you can still pray for us and thank you for your prayers i am feeling better at this moment than and she's i have feeling in a while. better as we speak yeah and we're gonna go play games tonight we're going to play um, That's gonna be fun. board games. Here's another thing, too, since I'm just going to dominate this whole conversation with yeah, take, all of my new, over. like... Uh, uh, Do I have time to go make coffee or should I wait? Revelations. <laughs> what, uh, what's the word? Or do you want me to listen? Well, uh, Carl will listen if you want to leave. <laughs> uh, another thing, too, that I realized is one of my tendencies is to want to jump, like, 17 steps ahead of... of people like trying to solve solve problems in the world for example like by going straight to the ideal or what what we really should be doing here is you know blah blah blah, blah. and i like, don't do you have an example yeah like everything i anytime i see <laughs> my example is everything anytime i see a person making some sort of like pro progress or what they think is progress they're stepping in the right direction i'm like Psh, that's nothing that's you should be further down the road than yeah you like what that's not progress. What are you doing? It's kind of like me thinking the cashews wouldn't do anything. It's like, like this a is too step small. forward is not progress. Right. Because it's not far enough. Right. And so I, I realized this when I was actually talking to Tabby on Sunday, cause she, she was asking, you know, well, what do you do if you see a person who decides they're going to get married, but you know, they've been living together. And I'm like, well, you know, a few months ago I would have said, well, I guess you just kind of wait and see what happens, but it's probably going to end in divorce. Like, you know, whatever. <laughs> And I said, but now I've been convicted that I'm doing what people often do when like a really overweight person goes into the gym and it's like their first day or it's their first month and they're still overweight, but it's like, well, what do you want from them? They're right. in the gym. Right. They're doing the thing. They're, they're trying. And, yeah. or you see them and they're wearing jeans, you know, or all they're doing is they're walking on the treadmill and it's like going almost barely. <laughs> it's barely moving. Right. <laughs> And you're like, what's wrong with you? That's not going to do any good. You're, That's like a handful of cashews at three in the morning. Exactly. Yeah. Your thought is, 
there's no way that's doing any good. Like this is why you're overweight and you want to grab them and say, here, let me improve. And on you want to crank that treadmill up right. to a reasonable speed. And, right. Right. Yeah. And, and I guess you know, there's nothing wrong with saying here, let me give you some pointers for how you can speed up your, your process, your health journey. But also I don't want to crush people because I don't have the same patience that our creator has had with me my whole life. I'm 34 years old and just now realizing that food is a thing I need. So, <laughs> so maybe I should have some grace for <laughs> the people who are uh -huh. on their slow treadmill. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm so, just now realizing. Yeah. And so that's one of the things, like one of the themes this time around, and I say this time around because I had a massive problem with insomnia and anxiety eight years ago when Colin was a baby. And it's funny because like the symptoms have been the same, but like the lessons have been different. And I could go through like the different things I needed to learn about myself and about God last time. And this time around, it's been probably not the opposite, but like just a different emphasis. And this time it's been more about my interaction with other people. Like last time it was all about my interaction with God himself. And this time it's like, okay, now just relax with trying to be the Holy Spirit for everybody else. Like trust that God also can interact with them the same way that he has interacted with me. And it's been hard. It's been hard because, because all of the other family members have been going through issues too. It's right. like this time the ante has been up. Like I trusted myself to be able to manage my own depression last time. But when I'm watching other people dealing with depression and anxiety, I'm like, no, no, God, you can, you can work on me, but you can't work on them. They can't handle it. You don't know, you know, how hard this is. Right. Yeah, but you're not consciously saying that. That's a, no, that was a thing I didn't realize that I was doing, but essentially that's what I was doing. Yeah. And so it's been, it's been challenging in that regard for me and challenging for others in a different regard, but, but probably similar. So we have, uh, we, we talked a little bit last week about the, the conversation that we had about the, did we talk about the video ever on our podcast, the edu the pro education video? I can't remember if we ever brought that up to Carl or if he has that context. But I don't know. Anyway. I don't uh, remember. Well, th there's, yeah, it's very difficult to to wait for uh, God to reveal things to other people that he's revealed to you. It's really difficult. It would be nice if he told us all the same thing at the same time so we would all be on the same page together, but we're not. Right. We are in different chapters of the book. And right. Well, and I'm also, I'm also starting to believe that like we won't all come to the same conclusions about stuff anyway because we're not meant to and i i'm still grappling with the difference between that and relativism like i know that there are people who are like oh well you have to come to all the same conclusions on all of this stuff because otherwise you're just you know god isn't unstable god isn't double-minded god isn't you right. know a yes and a no kind of god right but at the same time i think that the reason that there are things in the bible that seem contradictory if you're not you know if you're not processing them correctly is because they're meant for different people at different 
phases of life. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a really difficult concept to swallow. Right. And the only reason I'm even able to entertain it as a possibility now is because, again, I've been coming to slightly different conclusions this time around than I did eight years ago. And what's funny about it is I actually read some of the same books and one of the same devotionals that I read then. And it was an encouragement to me eight years ago and also an encouragement to me this time, but different For parts different of it. For a different reason. Yeah. There were parts that stood out to me this time that I was like, I don't even remember seeing that like it's I know for a fact that this is the exact same testimony that I read last time and I still appreciate the parts that I remember appreciating the last time but the parts that are actually hitting the truth you know the the truth part of my brain are different right and I could you know I could elaborate but the point is just that there are there are things in the bible that are the exact same like if if somebody's you know, some human-made testimony has the ability to kind of morph in your mind like that, then how much more so the Word of God, which different parts are meant to encourage you at different stages. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and that's, that, that has to be true. I mean, there can't be a singular, there can't be a singular thought or direction for literally billions of people simultaneously. Right. There has to be a, there has to be things that that apply to me today in my circumstances, and there are different things that apply to you in your circumstances, right. but are but are also true right. and from God. Yep. And that's it, it's difficult. It's difficult to imagine that because we we look through our perspective we look through our down our little tunnel right and and view reality and well, we can't and imagine unsettling. somebody else seeing something differently and having them be right it's scary because there's some there's some comfort in formula like right you know the predictability and and testability and repeatability like we're very science-minded and the scientific method deter- is dependent on being able to get the same result every time because if you don't get the same result every time you have to toss out your theory right well and it also what is it what is happening right now in the culture is mm-hmm. is a slide towards relativism and my truth versus your truth and we're both right but that can't be that can't be true either i mean even even though the bible is uh well i guess i guess it is contradictory uh in some places you could take you could take something the uh uh, the book of ecclesiastes right is contradictory right that was what i was saying yesterday like we've been reading ecclesiastes and it's it's either just a whole bunch of like back and forth you know, where inconsistency, where it's just like saying one thing and then undermining itself a bunch, mm-hmm. or it just keeps switching back and forth between those two ways of viewing the reality that everything is meaningless. And that's what I was going to say just now. Like there's comfort in formula to a degree, but then there's also, it leads to death when you're, when you are trusting your science or trusting your own reason or trusting your formula rather than God himself. And so then suddenly it goes from being a comfort to you to being an idol, which is now death to you. And so the same truth that formulas are really nice and relaxing and comforting suddenly is not true anymore. They're not comfortable and relaxing forever. Eventually they lead you to death. 
And I think it's the same with meaninglessness. Everything is meaningless. It's like, oh, that's really depressing. That's what Ecclesiastes says. It doesn't even matter. All of this doesn't matter. The stuff that you do under the sun doesn't matter. But then it switches to a more heavenly perspective, like from God's perspective. It doesn't matter because as long as your eyes are on God, you can't screw it up. Like you're you're under his umbrella of grace. And it's like, oh, now the fact that I can't screw things up, nothing I do, nothing I do matters that much. Now that's suddenly a good thing. Right. It's the same message, but from two different perspectives. Right. There's two different ways to interpret or view that one statement. Everything is meaningless. It's like, oh, well, in that case, I might as well die. And it's like, no, no, no. Everything is meaningless if you are a man who's seeking meaning just for meaning's sake or you're seeking pleasure for pleasure's sake. But once you put it in context of why are you here and who's really in charge? Oh, God's in charge. Well, that's why things are meaningless because God has already worked out all the important stuff. So now you're free. It frees you now to do whatever you want to do. And several places it says it's actually a good thing to be able to like eat, you should work and drink, hard. and you work, should drink. Yeah, you should drink your wine. You should you should play, enjoy, enjoy pleasure. Right. You should do all of those things. I think that, and I told you this yesterday. I think it's similar to how people can very easily misinterpret your statement that life is a joke. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. You think I get misinterpreted sometimes? No, not at all. You don't think everybody's tracking with me when I say that? Everybody always understands exactly what you mean. Life is a joke, says the comedian. And people are like, oh, that's sad. Like, I don't uh-huh. I don't want to be laughed at. I don't want to be a punchline. I've got I've got real problems in my life. Is that funny? That you too. Think that's, you think it's funny that I'm suffering? They're picturing God laughing in a ridiculing and mocking way at them. God is just playing with them. And when you use the term playing with or you use the phrase playing with, that can go either way. It right. can either be a you know fun and jolly thing or it can be a really cruel and torturous thing. And so people hear life's a joke and they're like, wow, that's terrible. <laughs> it's a chasing after the wind. Do you like that better? No, they hate. That doesn't sound any better. <laughs> I know. It's depressing. Right. It is a... Uh, but... but but there it is. There right. it is in the scripture, right along with all of the things that say you're supposed to uh, serve others and regard them more highly than yourself. You're supposed to uh, be generous. You're supposed to take care of widows and orphans. You're supposed there's you're supposed to follow the Ten Commandments. Right. Right there with all of with all of that comes the life is meaningless and it's all chasing after the wind. Right. So what do you mean by it's a joke? Do you mean to just put people into a spiral where they can't get out of bed? Uh, no, no. I mean, basically, what you said—that they're that God is in charge. I put it in the context of people who are who are in the kingdom of God are going to spend forever with God, and so the few years that we have here on Earth are are a joke. They don't matter in the scope of eternity. Right. Um, from from the standpoint of they they do matter because these these years are how you determine where your eternity is going to be spent right but in terms of the the things that we get worked up about like how much money we make and where we live and right how in style our clothing is whatever things we get hung up on those are well and even not 
important. Even where, <laughs> when can we sleep and how long are we able to sleep? How many cashews do we need to eat? Right. What's wrong with my thyroid, mm-hmm. you know, if anything? All of those questions, they seem bigger, but they're not much bigger in the grand scheme of things than should I take an umbrella with me to the car while it's raining, right. you know? And so, again, I understand. They do seem bigger, though. I understand why people, like, who are seeking for the answers to those questions go, it doesn't matter. Like, that makes me very sad. It makes I want me it to matter. Extremely forlorn and depressed because... Because yeah, they they want to feel like they they are uh, significant, right? And and there is also a fair amount of counsel, or at least there was. Now as I, I'm about to finish that sentence, it is, it's occurring to me that I, this might be the fact that I'm an old man talking now, and this might not even be true. Mm. But it used to be that. People were told, well, you've got to make plans. You, you're going to have to go to college so you can get a good job, so you can so you can line out what you want in life and go after it. Um, otherwise, you know, you're gonna you're gonna waste your life, or you're gonna spend your your time doing things that don't that don't matter. Right. And so I was told. I'm old enough that I was told that you've got to be. Uh, You've got a plan and you've got to have a strategy and you've got to get an education and you have to take steps to to take charge right. of your life. And to I don't know important. If, if people are still told that, are they? Are, are younger yeah. kids told that they need to be uh, responsible? And yeah, to a degree. To a degree. But that's why I'm saying that when somebody like you comes along and says it doesn't even really matter in the long run, they are not encouraged by that. They mm-hmm. go, if it doesn't matter, I should just take my life. You know, if if it doesn't matter, why am I waiting for death? Why am I waiting eighty years? You know, seventy years until I'm until I die of some surprising and right. probably scary natural cause. Well, and you can get that sentiment from the Book of Ecclesiastes. There's a few places where it reads sort of like it's, that. If you aren't reading it from the right perspective, that's right. what I'm saying. Like, the point is not that everything is meaningless. Full stop. The point is everything that you men are doing on earth now is meaningless because God has done the most meaningful thing that it is possible to do. God is working all of this together for utter meaningfulness. And so nothing you do is going to add to that. Well, I should say nothing you do is capable of taking that away. You can't thwart the ultimate meaning that God has has built into the universe. But you can eat and drink and be merry and and enjoy it. You can participate in what God has done. It's basically a big old treatise on God's sovereignty and his, you know, his mercy in inviting us to to partake in it through absolutely no effort of our own. Right. So Right. And that is encouraging. That is encouraging. But again, you kind of got to dig to get there. It's like the first on first read, you're going, ugh. <laughs> because it rings really, really hollow and, and even sad to our very arrogant ears. Like the, to the part of us that's been built up, our self-esteem culture, mm-hmm. the part that thinks that we're going to find our ultimate meaning in our own um well, I've got a degree, or Efforts. I've got a, I've yeah. got a corner office, or I've got a, right. I've got a big family, a big right. house, or whatever it is that we are holding up as our, 
uh, as proof that we are significant. That we're good, that we're, yeah. we're great people. And the thing is, again, I have to be careful with this because because those things are significant <coughs> in the right context because right. all of those are God's blessings. And when you go, oh, wait, this isn't me, you know, God, it's God in me. It's God through me. It's me applying what God has given me in his word and obeying. And these are the blessings he promised would come to people who obey the corner office and the kids who are very cute and, you know, a family that loves each other and food to eat. I've had to learn how to sit down at the table and eat as an act of worship, you know, even if I'm not necessarily hungry. And it's just been like mind blowing that within a few minutes of doing that, I can start to feel the gratitude for the food that just a few minutes before I was pretty convinced wasn't going to do any good. Yeah. And all of that, I think, works together to for what Ecclesiastes is talking about. You know, there it, it does matter that you be fruitful and multiply and go to church and you eat your food, eat your nuts in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> it does matter. Let me tell you. Let if I didn't you. do that, I Let would... Let me be, tell you how much nuts matter. In I the would have of a the very night. different conversation right now. I would be having a very different conversation. I'd probably be talking to myself. <laughs> And you'd just be sitting there and there staring is, at me. There is that element of free will. Like, not that we can open up all that can of worms right now, but like, but God does give you choices oh, that you can do it. Let's open up that can. It was because I, I realized that God gave me um, some sort of control. I don't know what degree, but he gave me some choice that I decided to go and see my doctor who said, Hey, you've got chronic hypoglycemia. Right. Like, because I said, all right, Lord, if I have the ability to choose, I'm just going to call this number. Somebody else gave me this guy's name. I'm not in my right mind enough to be able to, you know, criticize or or talk myself out of it. Right. I'm just going to choose to go and see what happens. I'm going to do this thing. I don't have a lot of confidence that it's going to work. Oh, I have another book recommendation, it. too. I've been reading a lot of books. And um, one that my husband gave me. Uh, just a couple weeks ago. Just Do Something. Just Do Something by Kevin DeYoung, I think is his name. Uh, I'll have to double check that. But um, yeah, it's about how, you know, God does give you all of the information that you need to please him. He, he is not, not easily satisfied, but he is easily pleased. And you can, you can make sure that you don't violate certain commandments, which he made sure to give you both on your conscience and in the word of God. Mm -hmm. But then beyond that, mm -hmm. it's an act of faith to just say, all right, I'm going to try this. or I'm going to try that. Right. I'm going to risk. I'm going to take some risks because God does not change. God does not take risks. He knows what's happening all the time and what's going to go down. And so in this book, the author says, um, you can take risks because God does not like you, you have the freedom now to make these. Gosh, that's an interesting thing. Isn't that interesting? To ponder because I, I'm, I'm thinking about God not taking risks. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I, I'm not prepared to comment on it. So now I'm just, <laughs> I'm thinking about it. He's outside of time. He's outside of, you know, right, right. Matter. He lives in a, he, it's a different existence, but <laughs> I, I am tempted to say that it was a risk to, to, uh, put the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden. Yeah. I don't think it was. I don't think that it was a risk the way that it certainly wasn't a risk the way that we 
risk. The reason well, that that's humans, probably what it is. I'm, I'm, it depends on what you mean by risk. I mean, mean taking a leap of faith. Taking like a chance. We, we can have faith. We can put our faith in different things. Like we can put our faith in God because God doesn't have to put his faith in anything is another way of saying that. He okay. knows what's okay. going on and he has it all worked out. And so because he promises that everything will work out for our good, we can now play a little bit. We can tell jokes now. We can take a path that we're not totally sure where it goes because pretty much every path is a path that we're not totally sure where it goes. But we can do that now and have the freedom to do that because of belief in a God who is outside of time and space and who who knows what's going to happen. So he's right. it's not a risk because of who our God is. Okay. So All right. I guess I can go along with that. I did, what what is God what what does God have to fear? Right. Right. Uh, right. Uh, we we are we we feel uncertain because we don't know what is going to happen. Right. But that's not that's, But God doesn't have that. God doesn't have that. God It's like an it's like an artist it would be like an artist doing a painting and being afraid to, uh, you know, afraid of what the next brushstroke might bring about when he has complete power to yeah, I don't even know. fix the problems. I don't even know if that's an apt analogy because, again, the Probably time not. thing, like the fact that... Just go, ahead and, just go ahead and poop all over it then. He's not currently painting the painting. He's allowing us to now make brushstrokes on his canvas because he has already been everywhere that we could possibly go. Kind of like that, I think. I but can't. I know. <laughs> I can't either because I'm not God. Yeah. And sometimes that's scary and other times it's comforting. You well, know? <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I've never actually been afraid. I've never found it scary to not be God, but there have been many, many times that where I've, I can't, I can't go I can't go any farther. Right. You know, I just, I, I, I just can't go any further. And so I throw my hands up and go, okay, uh, I can't go any farther. I don't understand. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I've been, I've been convicted the last few weeks about uh, ministry and, and specifically defending ministry and standing up for what, for what I believe to be the truth. Um, and then when you do that, you're going to get, well, when, when I did that, I got pushback from people. And then now that it's the same conundrum that I had before, where it's like, okay, how much, how much do I stand up for what I believe is true when it is apparently causing this other person distress? And how much, how much do I have to accommodate and compromise for the sake of a brother? And it's just not an easy question to answer. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so most people when they get to a a question they can't answer they start to have some feelings about that like Uh you know consternation some irritability uncertainty causes stress you know all of that so that's usually what people mean when they say it's uncomfortable and they wish they were god there are times where they wish they had that all-knowing element Right for and, that reason, and there are, and that's the reason that many people uh, will move heaven and earth to avoid those type of situations right. where they where they will disconnect, they will uh, they will ignore, they will 
sometimes lie. Well, uh, I, they'll I do all people, sorts of things to avoid confronting their. No, I see people now like Googling, you know, going to churches where they just ask some, they're looking for an, an authority, an earthly authority. Like maybe they'll join the Catholic church or something, or they want, they want somebody, they'll call a prayer line on TBN, you know, and be like, here's what you need to do. I was just listening to the radio yesterday on my way to the gym. Somebody called in a, with a question for an um, expert on spiritual warfare. And he was saying, you know, the, the caller was saying, oh, I've just had a lot of anxiety lately. Ever since the pandemic started, I, I trust God. I, I believe in God and I believe in Jesus, but I'm still just having a lot of, of anxiety. And it's like, Right, you're having anxiety because that's where your trust is wavering. Like you're starting to you're starting to lose that you're starting to ask yourself, do I really believe in, you know, God and do I really trust Jesus? Because if you did, then why do, why am I still having these feelings? And so that's I think where a lot of people are. It's not that they're just in denial that they that they understand stuff. They know they don't. And now they're like, "Well, where do I go to get those answers?" But they want they want it to be like a calculator situation where they can just punch a couple of buttons and get a very clear reading. They go to psychics sometimes or they, you know, they look at their horoscopes or whatever. And, and they're looking for answers, but they're really uncomfortable with the fact that God doesn't operate that way. He doesn't send us emails and he doesn't, you know, write messages in the stars. My faith in God wavers, not, not that not that God exists or that God is going to work things out or even that he's going to work things out for my good. But my, my concern is that working things out for my good is going to be unpleasant and uncomfortable. Right. And it will, like it <coughs> is going to be unpleasant and uncomfortable. See, that's not helping me feel good. Right. Well, life's a joke. So <laughs> laugh it up. Anyway, I'm concerned that God's solution is going to be radically different from my preferred solution. Yep. It probably will. <laughs> and that's when it's really hard to trust that it actually is the oh, ultimate good. Like that gosh. my preferred solution is not as good for me as God's solution. It's so hard to believe. I was listening to Mike Winger do a preach at, or talk at a, a uh, apologetics conference. And he was saying that... You know, people are, a lot of Christians have created a Jesus who who just nods along with them yep. all the time. That's right. What do you yep. think, Jesus? Well, I think whatever you think, John. It's like, okay. And yeah, I I would, I think we should have Mike Winger come on our podcast. <gasps> Let's do it. Yeah. I don't have a direct contact to him. So Carl, if you know how you to know get, Mike. you know how to get in touch with Mike Winger, tell him that I'm stalking him. All right. All right, Mike, if you're listening. (laughs) If you're listening, Mike, I'm shocked. Let's do lunch. I'll provide the cashews. Thanks for visiting the Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time. 